most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Samantha Praviti. Here every Thursday on this podcast, I will be answering your mailbag questions, which you can submit for future shows to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Today, I am super excited to be joined by Brandon Anderson, who is a NFL and NBA writer here at Action Network doing all sorts of different things, props, fantasy, everything. So welcome to the podcast, Brandon. How was your week two? Well, it was all right. It was not as good as week one. Uh, I kind of washed out on bets, came out about 50-50, but it's not the worst thing in the world. You know, if if, if a bad week is kind of coming back out even, there are worse escapes to be made. Today has been a weird sports day. My Timberwolves have blown up the team. I'm getting ready to go to a Cubs game, but we are here to talk about NFL. So it's all happening for me. That is so exciting. I, yeah, multi-sport athlete over here. I live right across from Coors Field and I haven't been to a game in like months now. And I'm really, really itching because you can hear it literally from my apartment building. So I'm super excited, super jealous you're going to the Cubs game. Who are they playing today? I'm sorry. They are, they're playing the Twins. So this is actually both of my teams. I grew up a Minnesota sports fan and now I'm in Chicago area. So good to see both of them. My brother is in town for this one. This is my first Cubs game since we handed out the World Series rings. So it's been a minute. (laughs) I think that's about four full seasons. And there's maybe like two guys left who got one of those rings. So this is a very different team. I had the the blue wedding uh, earlier this year when the Cubs traded just about everyone away. But there's nothing like being at a game, especially in COVID. Uh, We've all learned, I think, to appreciate what that will be like outdoors is my friend and I can't wait to get a hot dog and watch a game and learn some of these new players. Yes, please enjoy the ambiance of live sports and adult beverage if you're into that. (laughs) And yeah, just, uh, a hot dog, I guess. I, I love stadium food, actually. So, um, I mean, I couldn't do it like every day. We even did it like back to back when Katie and I, Katie, our editor, went to the All-Star Game in the Home Run Derby. And I was like, this might be a little too much, but like, I still enjoy it. <laughs> so when you're at Coors Field, what's what's your go to? What's the order that you're getting at Coors? Mostly I am focused on getting a white claw or something like that, (laughs) (laughs) but I have never been to a live sporting event where like, you you know, where it's like absolutely freezing, like a Patriots game or a Bills game or something where they come in sleeping bags. And (laughs) I just like, can't imagine that because my body gets so cold if I'm sitting for any period of time. Like the only hope is if I'm moving around. So either they're drinking massive amounts of beer, which probably is true. I don't know, man. I think I would literally die of hypothermia. Like that can't be fun, honestly. 
Yeah. See, I'm the other side. I'm from North Dakota. So I grew up in <laughs> snow at all times. So I, I've done the like bare chested in the snow football game, letter <laughs> painted on your chest experience. Like that's just college to me. That's what football was like here. So, <laughs> you know, that's just another day. We got winter about half the year. So you got to get used to a little cold in my world. Thing. I missed out on the true college experience. I did not go to university in the States, so I certainly did not have the college football experience. I have actually never been to a college football game, so I feel like I'm so missing out. All these stories wow. that people tell me, I'm always just like, yeah, 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 that sounds like fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't relate. I went to McGill. Uh, we do have an NFL player um, that was in my year at McGill. Uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who oh, is a okay. lineman for the Chiefs. He is actually a doctor, which is super. super yeah. Fun. Yeah. He took last year off to fight COVID on the front lines. And now he's back to fight Raiders on the front lines. <laughs> super, super impressive. I remember when he was like in the draft class and he, I guess, was saying that just studying for the MCAT, he lost like 35 pounds because it's so hard for them to like keep on weight. I mean, he's probably over 300 pounds. So big dude, big wow. dude, but yeah, Canadian pride. All right. Let us just jump into the mailbag. Um, hit me with some questions. All right. Our first question comes from Kenzie. She says, should I start the Cardinals defense or the Browns defense this week? I'm guessing the Cardinals since they're up against Jacksonville. Thank you in advance. So polite, Kenzie. Um, so for me, it's kind of like a coin flip. I think these are really, really close. Uh, I think they're both really good starts, like definitely top 12 starts. I'm going to go with the Browns DST. I think you're correct that the Cardinals defense gets the slight edge in terms of terms of matchup. Well, maybe a little bit more of an edge now that Justin Fields has been named the starter, though the Bears and Jaguars have scored 17 points per game this year each. So they haven't put up too, too much offense. Um, like I said, I think this may change a little bit since Fields will be the starter. Um, I trust the Bears offense as a whole more now, but with the the way the Cardinals offense has been playing, I can definitely see this game having more shootout potential. Vegas seems to agree. Uh, I got these lines last night, so I don't know if they changed with the quarterback change, but um, the Cardinals Jaguars game has a point total of 52 tied for the fourth highest point total of the week versus 46 and a half for Bears Browns. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think that the Browns could have a big game this week. One reason, you know, I'm in Chicago area, so everyone's been talking about Justin Fields ever since they drafted him. Everyone's excited for his debut, but one reason I think Andy Dalton was starting is because he has had one of the fastest release times. He doesn't do much, but he does get the ball out fast. And with Fields, that was one of the big draft critiques was that he's a little slow getting things out. And so you put Fields on the road in a raucous environment you got a rough, you know, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney bearing down on him. And to me, that spells some sacks, maybe an interception, some forced uh, problems there. So I like the Browns to to cause some you know mistakes from a rookie in his first start on the road. So I like that one. And we definitely saw, I guess, a little bit of when he stepped in last week of maybe like rookie mistakes. We saw the interception and stuff. So I think I'm not probably not start him this week. I think speaking the week after would be the times to start him. I think on the Raiders in the last couple of weeks. Um, so maybe this week I would wait because like you said, uh, the Browns have a pretty decent pass rush. So I could see that being an issue for the rookie. Yeah, I like that. All right. Nate writes, would you start James Robinson or Tyson Williams this week in half PPR league? 
The James Robinson whole thing is just giving me such a headache <laughs> because someone wrote him off for dead when Travis Etienne was drafted. Then Etienne gets injured and Robinson's right back in that RB2 conversation, but he has just not put that up. So I'm going to go with Tyson Williams. The matchup is better in Detroit opposite uh, as opposed to versus Arizona. And Williams is the top back in a very run heavy Baltimore offense, which I don't think this is a hot take, is significantly better coached than <laughs> Jacksonville. Um, Williams is tied with Melvin Gordon right now and half PBR is RB11 through two weeks, while Robinson is RB42. Um, so he's got the better matchup better opportunity track record thus far. So to me, he's an easy start over Robinson. What do you think between those two guys? I think it's about game script on this one. You either have the Baltimore running back who's likely going to be running, running all game, protecting a lead, or you have the Jacksonville one who might be behind all game. And then who knows if you're catching passes, who knows if you're not even on the field, maybe it's a different back. So I like James Robinson coming to the year. I bet on him to lead the league in rushing, and I could pretty much just throw that ticket away at this point, I think. So I think it's only Tyson, week two, man. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we tried. We tried. I, I bet on I bet on uh, pretty much every other Baltimore running back for that one, too. So I've got a few other torn up tickets already. <laughs> I totally get that. I think we talked about this, but I was a little bit over leveraged on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards things. Yeah. I was telling everyone to go out and bet Gus Edwards over four and a half rushing touchdowns, which I guess voids because he's not playing. But still, yeah, that's like, the good thing. <laughs> I still I was uh, definitely in on this Baltimore backfield, which is obviously exploded. <laughs> All right. Our next one is from Beachbod101. That, uh, this question is not from me, is what you learned from that. <laughs> so Beachbod101 says, who to start for week three, Devontae Parker or Rondale Moore? Any feedback would be much appreciated. Yeah. So both have pretty positive matchups. I'm going to say more over Parker though. I've been really high on more all week, really of the past couple of weeks. You can read a really great piece from Sean Kerner about this. That was from before his awesome performance in week two, that was like, go pick him up before there's a mad rush. And of course he goes off. So there was a mad rush. But, um, the Dolphins play the Raiders this week who have been middle of the road against the pass. Um, Parker has a number of things working against him, though. For one, Will Fuller is expected to make his debut for Miami this week, which was supposed to happen last week. He was serving out a six-week suspension that started last season, um, took a week off for personal reasons, but I think he's coming back this week. In addition, his addition will ultimately cannibalize some targets from Parker and Waddle, but more so from Parker, since they're like more the stretch the field type guys where Waddle lines up more in the slot. Second, um, I read these notes like last night where the quarterback situation was up in the air. It is no longer up in the air. Tungo Vailoa has fractured ribs. He's not going to play. It's going to be Jacoby Brissett. I'm not sure that that's necessarily a downgrade for the whole offense, but if it hurts anyone, it probably hurts guys like Parker more. So this offense was also just shut out 35 to nothing last week with Brissette stuck in for Tonga Bailoa. It's just looked overall pretty anemic. On the other side of things, we've got more in this Cardinals offense, which has just looked absolutely fantastic. I think that they will feast on the Jaguar secondary who have allowed the sixth most passing yards per game this year. He is the wide receiver four in this offense, but it's super high volume. They play a ton of four wide sets and he has more targets than DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk and AJ Green. So I like him for this week and beyond. 
Yeah, I think I'm with you on this one. The Cardinals, look, you really don't know what you're going to get from either of these guys just because they're, you know, not buried on the depth chart, but certainly not at the top of it. So you're not really sure from week to week. So I think it just comes to the matchup then. And you got to like playing Jacksonville. We've talked about that one a couple of times. There's going to be points in that game. I think Jacksonville might even score a little bit too. So then Arizona will just have to keep throwing. So I don't necessarily love either one of these guys. I'm not sure they're going to be super consistent long-term, but I I agree with what you said. I think Rondale Moore looks like the right play this week. He he is a jitterbug. That dude is (laughs) tiny and just like running right through the whole defense. Uh, Just before halftime last week, my poor Vikings gave up like a 70 yard bomb to Rondale. And then right before halftime gave up another great play. Whereas it's kind of a dump off screen. And he ran through like five defenders, got out of bounds with a second left and made a big play that picked up a field goal. So if you're Arizona, you got to like what you're seeing with him. I feel like he gets on the field a little bit more. So I like that one. Sorry about that game. That was a painful loss. I'm sure. Well, you know, it's just, just another day for Minnesota fans. (laughs) Someday right. you'll have a great yes. year. <laughs> someday, someday. All right. Up next from at Matthew J. Sloan, he writes, would you drop Kenneth Gainwell for Alexander Madison if you also roster Dalvin Cook? So I think this brings up a, an interesting point because I want to address this first. I don't know where you stand on rostering your own backup. Like personally, it doesn't matter to me if you have Cook when you're assessing whether or not to roster Madison. Uh, so this dilemma comes down to Madison versus Gainwell. But I'm, I'm just curious to see where you stand on that spectrum in terms of like, do you need to get, well, this is not, I was just going to say Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, but that's actually <laughs> no longer a good yeah. example. But Madison, Madison and Cook are the the perfect example. So if you drafted Cook in the first round, say you had the second overall pick, are you taking uh, Madison later on? Yeah, this is a tricky one for me because typically I'm not a fan of having to invest in that handcuff running back just because you're kind of wasting a pick. You're wasting a roster spot, even more important to me, because I love to play waivers and trade and I don't want that spot just wasting away all year. To me, I think if you have Cook, you ought to have Madison because if Cook does get injured and he basically does every single year for a few games, then Madison is a top five or 10 play. So that makes sense to put them together. But for me, if I think that about a player, if Cook is likely to get injured, I'm less likely to want him on my team in the first place because I don't want to invest the two picks and the extra roster spot. So I'm usually going to fade the situation in that spot. Mm -hmm. But for me, if I do have Cook, I would personally want to keep Madison around just because if it's a guy that has a run-centric team like Minnesota and where if Cook does get hurt, you know Madison, we've seen him. He's been productive. We know that he would be the guy. So I think it's rare that a handcuff is worth it. But in a spot like that where you know you're going to have like an RB1 immediately, then I think that I maybe hang on to him. But it depends on the team probably. Yeah, I mean, it obviously, all these things depend. We're just getting these questions in a vacuum without seeing your roster, seeing your your settings and everything like that. But in terms of the Gainwell versus Madison question, like like I said, it just really depends. If you need a flex play this week in like a deeper league, that gives you more guaranteed points since he is in a committee with Sanders versus just being a backup. He also has a plush matchup against the Dallas run defense. Meanwhile, Madison, like I said, is the clear cut backup. He will see a pretty trivial workload bar- barring a major injury to Cook. Um, just in terms of like workload, Madison is seeing two attempts. That's a 4% share this, this season to Cook's 42 
um, while Gainwell has seen 15 attempts to Sanders' 28. So that's about seeing about half of what Sanders is seeing, whereas Madison is barely being used. I think those were those two touches he probably got were when Cook was like briefly out of the game and in the injury tent last week. That said, if you are super deep at running back and only need a bench stash for a potential upside, I would say Madison makes more sense. Uh, Guys, Gainwell and Madison would vault into immediate RB1 consideration if either Cook or Sanders were to miss time, but the possibility of Cook missing time is higher, I thought, just from his history and also given the fact that he is already banged up so that is what i'm going with i would say probably in most cases i would keep gain well all right let's go to our next one from at jjd golf one who asks uh they need two running backs and a flex this week and we have some options here so here are the names that we're choosing from we have Najee harris Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Elijah Mitchell, your favorite, (laughs) Kenneth Gainwell, Antonio Gibson, Jacoby Myers, Carlos Hyde, and Tony Jones Jr. So where are you starting on this one? Oof. There's like two slam dunk guys, and that's going to be Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson. Like those are your locked and loaded two running backs. Harris is a top 12 play this week, and I think most weeks, um, but they're going against Cincy, so that's a good matchup. And then Gibson is kind of on that borderline right now. Like I think... People are overreacting to him getting outscored by J.D. McKissick last week. It is a little bit of a tougher matchup, but like I'm definitely starting him. Like there are very few situations I can imagine where I would be benching Antonio Gibson. So you're starting Harrison Gibson. As for your flex spot right now, I'm just automatically tossing out Tony Jones Jr., Jacoby Myers, Kenneth Gainwell and Carlos Hyde. Uh, Those guys are just they're they're fine bench guys but compared to the other two that you have it, it just doesn't make sense so to me it comes down to Mitchell versus Edwards Elair. Mitchell isn't even practicing I understand the frustration though with Edwards Elair, especially after a poignant and costly fumble to end the game last week I don't think he's in Andy Reid's doghouse quite yet and there's also like no one in that backfield that he's gonna lose his job to like I just I just don't see that happening I don't see him getting the super high volume that we thought he might get but uh, he is a more established role Mitchell on the other hand banged up in this unpredictable Kyle Shanahan wielded backfield both defenses the Chargers and Packers respectively are well below average in terms of stopping the run so I'll call that one a push um, the Chiefs Chargers game though has a higher point total than Packers 49ers. It's 56 versus 49 and a half. I'm giving Edwards Elair the edge over Mitchell this week. Mitchell might not even play. So that might make your, your decision even easier. Well, and Mitchell might play and then not play too. As you know, with the Shanahanigans, you never really know what's going to come up with that. So um, not, not to steal your phrase. <laughs> um, literally, did I just see before we started recording this, that they signed someone new? Uh, Chris Thompson, I think they brought in, and then I saw a second name on there too. So it's just running back roulette in San Francisco. Yeah, so, oh yeah, carry on. They they had carry on drugs oh, signed right. to their practice squad, but I think they're going to bring up. So they need depth. I mean, Jamichael Hasty is injured. Trey Sermon, obviously, terrible injury on the very first carry of his NFL career. So and a fumble. Yes, yeah. and a fumble. Like get the whole whammy. The worst, worst possible permutation yeah. of events. Yeah. And, and and still on the ground pouting a little bit while not tackling the guy who recovered his fumble. Well, yeah. we'll say he was hurt, but uh, you know, uh, I feel like he could have like tripped him or something. Yeah, I mean, but, unless he was like completely knocked out, you just keep like even you gotta finish the play. 
like Baker Mayfield throws a pick and tries to tackle a dude. Like, oh, that's well, he true. probably shouldn't have. He probably shouldn't have I, done that. I don't want to separate your shoulders. Got to let that Fair one go, Baker. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Clyde, Clyde Edwards Alaire as the flex. One in doubt for me, just play the guy on an awesome team that's going to score points. You can yeah. never really go wrong with having a piece of the Chiefs offense. I think Chiefs Chargers is probably a shootout where it's one of those games where the last team with the ball is is going to come away with the win. So the Packers Niners might end up being that too, but I just play, you know, I never mind having a chief in my lineup as long as Patrick Mahomes is around and might give me points, whoever my guy is. Sure. Let's see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like if I had to guess the chargers will lose this one by a field goal since that is their MO. They do like to do that. They're, uh, they're a team after my own heart as a Vikings fan. <laughs> All right. We got one about George Kittle here. Very simple from at AC snow 22 start bench or trade George Kittle. I'm starting him. I don't know which tight end you theoretically have also rostered uh, that you're benching Kittle for. Like, please don't say it's Max Williams Jack Doyle, <laughs> or something like don't get cute. I know that Max Williams is like the sexy ad right now. Don't do it. Um, I get it. It's been a rather quiet two weeks. Like Kittle, I had, I've been saying is the only 49er you can really trust. I still maintain that he is still a top six play. He is in my buy low column this week. So I think if you can get him, like if, you know, for other people, if they can go out and try to trade for him, I think that's an awesome play. He should be fine season long, especially against the Packers who have given up three touchdowns to tight ends so far. I think if you're trading him now, you're trading him at his absolute nadir. So yep. uh, just start him. <laughs> Yeah, I agree hundred percent. You look, you invested a high pick or high auction value here. You can't sell at half the price. You just got to ride it out. And Kittle is a beast. He's going to have a good game soon enough. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where we will dive into the Prize Picks app to build some entries. And today we are going to look at Thursday night football plays for Week Three on Prize Picks as my Carolina Panthers to go on the road to take on the Houston Texans. What a barn burner it is going to be! <laughs> Sam Darnold versus Davis Mills. Like, get excited! Um, on that note, the first play that I like is Davis Mills under two hundred nine and a half passing yards. So. Like this wasn't terrible stepping in for Tyrod Taylor, but he wasn't great either. This is a play I actually already mentioned on the previous podcast. I'm just going to reiterate it again. And actually the total has gone up. So I certainly like the under. I just don't foresee a scenario where Mills is going over 200 passing yards against this Carolina defense that has looked really good on a Thursday night, the short week. I just, I just don't see it happening. What say you, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, look, the Panthers defense has been awesome. You have got to be excited about your guys. They are the number one defense. Oh, man. I'm I'm a big Brian Burns fan, so I'm excited to see him tear up the line a little bit this week. They're the number one defensive DVOA team right now. So that is a rough spot to be a rookie making your first start on a short week when you aren't even really prepared to, to step into this. I like the under. I agree with that one. Awesome. Um, the next one that I like is Terrace Marshall over three catches. So Marshall has had three catches in each of his first two NFL games. 
and is currently third behind uh, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey in catches for the team. I just think his role is going to grow as the wide receiver too in this offense. Like I think he's the better receiver and it's weird because I had this theory that like Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold would have this chemistry from like surviving the Adam Gase era and <laughs> would like he would throw to him. But like Robbie Anderson has just not been nearly the factor that I thought he might be. I think Terrace Marshall really represents the future for them. And I think his role is going to grow. And I think if you're looking ahead in terms of like waiver wire type guys, I would pick him up before he goes off this week. <laughs> what say you, Brandon? Yeah, I got to trust the Panthers insider on this one. I know I don't know much about the rookie. I wasn't super high on him in the draft, but it is a nice spot. I agree. I was expecting Robbie Anderson to have some chemistry there, and it doesn't seem to be the case. So it's a good spot for Terrace Marshall. I like it. It's definitely a bummer, too, because Anderson was being drafted as like a wide receiver three. And I did take him in spots because I thought that that like I, I, he was falling later, later than that, I feel like in my drafts. And I guess everyone else just saw through that. So that's one I maybe get a little wrong. Um, next one that I like is Mark Ingram under eight and a half fantasy points. So Ingram has seen a lot of the workload as the I'm going to call him the alpha in this backfield, but it's kind of a generous term. It's a very crowded backfield. He hasn't been able to do much with it either. He has 40 rushes, which is 58% share for 126 yards. If you want to do that math, that is 3.2 yards per carry. So not stellar. And a touchdown. He only has one catch all year for minus one yards. So suffice it to say, he is not being utilized in the passing game. It's just a bad matchup to me against this Panthers much improved defensive line. So I think he goes under eight and a half fantasy points. I'm going to catch passes. And so basically you just need to fade a touchdown. If he doesn't get a touchdown, then all we're really looking at is he needs to not get to 85, 90 yards and you should be safe. So that one makes sense to me. Awesome. The last one that I am looking at as a possibility is Sam Darnold over one and a half passing touchdowns. So he's thrown two touchdowns. He threw two touchdowns against the, the Saints and one touchdown in week one against the Jets. I... I just feel like this Texans defense is not going to get put up too, too much of a fight. Like we saw them kind of shut down the Jaguars, but that was the Jaguars. And then we re realized like, oh yeah, it's the Texans. Like everyone calm down. Um, so I definitely see there being two touchdowns to go around here. To me, uh, this is the riskiest of the four, I think, just because, you know, there should be a couple touchdowns. Houston's defense is not much, but CMC is a beast. You know, I don't, any game, he could be a threat to just run like three of them in on his own. And I, I don't have a good feel yet for the play calling. And is Darnold going to get the touchdowns? I know Teddy didn't really get many passing touchdowns last year. So I'm still a little skeptical. I wrote an article at Action last week ranking all the opening day quarterbacks and earmuffs. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had Sam Darnold last out of the hey, entire I list. I would have put him probably last too. So, so you know, no, he's looking yeah. good. He's looking good so far, but I am uh, probably taking the Texans points on this one at uh, multiple scores at home, underdog. I still need to see a little more from Sam Darnold. You know, I like what Matt Rule and this team is doing, but I, I've got to see them pay it off a little bit. So that's the one where I might, might uh, have to double think about it before going in. Again, I feel the same way that I need to like kind of see it from Sam Darnold a little bit more um, and see him beat up on teams that are not just um, the Jets. And I mean, the Saints game was impressive still. I don't want to take that away from him, but 
Yeah. Anyway, that is our elite entry for Thursday Night Football, going with Davis Mills, under 209 and a half passing yards, Terrace Marshall, over three catches, Mark Ingram, under eight and a half fantasy points, and Sam Darnold, over one and a half passing touchdowns. As a reminder, you can mix and master fantasy points and player props to make your lineups super spicy. Price fix markets move, so you will want to be nimble to lock in the best numbers. If you have not created a Price Picks account yet, please check out the link in our episode description because Price Picks has a special offer for Fantasy Flex listeners. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Just click the link in our episode description or visit prizepicks.com and use promo code ACTION10. All right, let us just keep it moving here on our mailbag episode. Um, hit me with the next question. Up next from at James H. Bope writes, should more redraft leagues use a third round reversal instead of a true snake draft? I'm getting uh, philosophical here today. Have you done any of these third round reversal drafts? I haven't. I would like to. I try to convince my friends to, to add it into our draft, but we, we like to keep it traditional. Interesting. Okay. Well, oh, your average pick, like the, the, the mean um, of your picks goes from 29.4 to 31.6 in third round reversal. So the impact isn't as big as it would seem. Like it seems like it's a big impact if you have one of the edge picks. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Like it does de-emphasize the draft order. Like people don't focus as much on like what pick you have and balances out the league. So I think it's, it's interesting. And I think it's cool to like spice up fantasy leagues, especially if you're in like a bunch of leagues like us. I mean, I'm in a lot of leagues. So like making a draft a little bit more fun, keeping me on my toes. I like it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of, of having some sort of unique rule, something to make your draft a little different. If for no other reason than, especially if you are a seasoned fantasy player, mix it up a little bit, add in a twist because Everyone else has already had fantasy football solved for them by people like Samantha, who has told you exactly what to, who to pick, what round, everyone to figure it out. And, you know, it's a little boring to me. It's, it's the same thing in all the leagues. So mix it up, whether it's the third round reversal or one of my favorite rules we used to do was have a, a flex position that had to be a rookie starter. So you had to start a rookie running back receiver tight end. Just, you know, it mixes things up a little bit and you can't just click on an article to have everyone tell you what to do on that. You got to send it into the mailbag instead. So uh, I, I don't know if I would like the third reversal in uh, that is to say, I don't think I would want one of the high picks. Yeah. It's, it's a long wait. And at least the payoff is you get those two top 25 type guys. But if you lose that second one now. No, you might end up with Matt Ryan. So <laughs> speaking of quarterbacks who have disappointed named Ryan, here's a question from Ryan about another Ryan. How about that transition? <laughs> so Ryan writes, are you worried enough about Ryan Tannehill to consider replacing him? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tricky. Yeah. So I while I don't think it's 100 percent Tannehill's fault, like this doesn't matter for fantasy purposes. I am worried enough about him. They have allowed the second most sacks in the NFL so far with nine that's tied with the Bengals and behind only the Jets, who just have looked absolutely terrible. So I think this has really hurt Tannehill's performance as a passer so far. If you have him, I would definitely consider streaming quarterbacks week to week because um, it seems your QB one, but you can get guys or at least 
could have gotten guys before this waiver cycle, like Daniel Jones, like Carr, like Bridgewater, any of those guys would have been awesome streamers this week. Next week, there'll be another streamer. Um, even like Kirk Cousins might be available to you. But um, like I said, I, I would consider streaming quarterbacks week to week until we see this offensive line perform better in pass protection. Uh, I would even consider starting guys like Sam Darnold over him uh, this week. Uh, the matchup is better. Uh, Yeah, like Bridgewater, Jones, Darnold, and Carr were all widely available before this waiver cycle. So it's certainly not the end of the world if you draft a Tannehill, but there are options for you. I mean, uh, the hope is that Ryan has at least a second option on the roster. Hopefully we didn't go into the year with just Ryan Tannehill as the only hope. (laughs) There are so many good quarterbacks that you really should be able to find a second option out there, even to trade for one if you need to. There, There are a lot of those you know, the Darnolds and Teddies of the world that can add to the rotation. I think the best news with Ryan Tannehill is that he still gets to play the Texans twice and the Jaguars (laughs) twice. So there are definitely some matchups there. I'm not excited about him. I was a big fade on the Titans this year without Arthur Smith around. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know yet. We had one really bad Titans week and one where they pretty much looked like they looked the last couple of years. So no, that's a panic yet but I wasn't really ever unpanicked about the Titans. So I think I'm kind of on the same page that like, I'm like a little bit worried, but I never started out very high. All right. We've got one on a much better running back, (laughs) Derek Henry. So Chris wants to know, should I sell high on Derek Henry after his monster game? How dare you? Um, no, unless someone offers you, like, I hate to say no definitively, but like, like unless someone offers you something ridiculous in return, I am all in on Henry rest of season. Like we've seen the, the, the Titans passing game struggles. I think they will continue to lean on the run pretty heavily. We're not, yeah, Henry is as guaranteed as they come. I feel like in terms of fantasy production, people really, really overreacted to his first week. But like I said, with the Titans passing game looking kind of anemic right now, I think that he will continue to be fed. Yeah, look, you don't sell high on first round picks. You, <laughs> you're, you drafted him to get games like exactly. this. So if you have Henry, enjoy the ride. Hope that he stays healthy and hope that he just keeps plowing through the defense. So, all right, we've got a couple more here, I think, and then we'll get you out of here. So Sean writes, should I trade Antonio Gibson for Julio Jones if I need a receiver? And this is a half PPR league. Yeah, I don't love that trade. Um, it's going to depend a little bit on your roster build. Like, I don't know exactly who you have, but at this point, you are selling low on Gibson after one game in which he was outscored by J.D. McKissick. I admit that his usage in that game was a bit peculiar, um, but I think he should continue to offer low-end RB1 upside in the right matchups. He's more valuable, in my opinion, than the second receiver in a Titans offense, which Again, we've been just kind of down on one passing touchdown all year. I don't think that continues to that degree, but it's certainly a concern. And um, I think I long run We're first of all, I think in the long run, we're going to see more of Taylor Heineke. It's not I don't know if we'll see Ryan Fitzpatrick again this year and Taylor Heineke being in there, I think, does help Antonio Gibson in the long run. So don't sell low on him. Yeah, I think I'd hang on to Gibson. I have not been high on the Titans passing game. So, you know, it is a buy low spot, but it's, it's a sell low on Gibson too. Like that, that was probably your top pick. Julio Jones was, a you know, a round or two later. And you rather have the bell cow running back if you can. There's just not that many of them. Like that's, that's the whole thing in fantasy. So I don't love either player, but I'd rather just hang on to Gibson and, and uh, hope that Washington, they can really only go up from where they're at. So I think that they should get a little better. 
Fair enough. All right. Our last one comes from at Myrow. Let's go with that. So they would like to know, what do I do with Trey Lance? Uh, this is a one-on-one team streaming quarterback, Kirk Cousins, the first two weeks. Keep calm and carry on or cut bait. Uh, yeah, I think this just depends on if you need the roster space. Like, I'm totally fine with streaming Cousins, especially this week against the Seahawks, and especially since it seems like he has, like, a really competent third receiver. Like, that passing game has looked pretty strong. However, if you do find yourself needing an extra spot, and assuming this is, like, making a lot of assumptions, but assuming this is a redraft league, no keepers, no dynasty, and it's a one quarterback league, not super flex, I would definitely consider cutting Lance. Like you typically don't need to have two quarterbacks in a, in a normal type league. If there is a keeper dynasty element though, I would keep Lance. Obviously he has longer, longer term value, but like Lance is sitting on the waiver wire in a couple of my leagues right now. And I think he that's fine. Yeah. I think, I think that's where he ought to be for right now. He's just not quite ready to play. Look, I'm a North Dakota state diehard <laughs> fan. So Trey Lance is my guy, but this was always supposed to be a, a wait and see approach with him. Like, I think he's going to come in and play a few snaps, get a couple of red zone looks, you know, maybe steal a touchdown every now and then they clearly that's the plan. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the guy for, for so long, but I think right now Garoppolo is the guy and it doesn't look like we're getting close to turning things over to Lance and we don't even know what he'll look like, even if we get there. So yeah, if, if you have, if your settings are that there's an extra reason to keep Lance, then keep him. If it's because it's a keeper, a dynasty, a second quarterback, then keep him for sure. Otherwise, I don't know. I, I would cut bait because I don't know that he would have been on my roster to start with. And look, you probably could just get him back in a couple of weeks from now anyways, if you want him. I'm not sure any, there's going to be a, a mad rush to grab him. All right, that will do it for this mailbag episode. Brandon, thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode. Please tell everyone where they can find you this season. Well, they can find me all over the Action Network. We've got a couple of all my picks each week. I'm picking every NFL game. So you can follow that at the Action Network and on our award-winning app. Make sure to follow everything there and lots of other NFL stuff and NBA coming soon as well. So plenty, plenty to find if you're looking for NFL and NBA writing there. Oh, and give everyone your social handles too. Oh yes. At Wheaton Brando. So W H E A T O N B R A N D O that's on Twitter. And uh, you can check out my most recent absolute meltdown on the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> if you uh, would like to enjoy my sports nihilism. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me during this super busy time. I hope you enjoy the Cubs game. As a reminder, Sean Kerner and Chris Raybon are here on the Fantasy Flex every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, giving you guys all the DFS waiver wire rankings info that you guys need to dominate your fantasy leagues. I will be back next Tuesday with another round of 21 questions with a special guest, Chris Towers from CBS. And then I will be back next Thursday with another mailbag episode. So don't forget to mail send me mailbag questions rather to mailbag at actionnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. Download us wherever you like to listen and we will see you next time on the Fantasy Flex presented by Prize Sticks. Peace out, y'all.